This episode of the Salmon Trout Steelheader Podcast is brought to you by Washington Coon Shrimp. And I would urge you, if you haven't already heard of the new product that Washington Coon Shrimp is offering, do a little research. I'm not going to say anything beyond that. They obviously make incredible coon shrimp that perform extremely well. But also, uh, he has a new product out that is exclusive through one retailer. And uh, definitely encourage you to check it out, do a little research. So, uh, I'd also like to give a little shout out to Dylan on the Middle Rogue River. He just had some uh, really cool things to say, some really cool requests, and it was just kind of encouraging because I read it right before I uh, jumped on here to do the podcast. So, thanks uh, Dylan for emailing me at lucashomegrinmedia at gmail.com, and uh, thank you guys for your messages on Instagram as well. So... Uh, so this episode is just something that probably most of you already know, and it might be a little bit redundant, but let's just go over it anyway. And some of you may not know this. So we're going to talk about the differences between summer and winter steelhead. This is not an article or anything. It's just off the top of my head. So please forgive me if, uh, it's a little bit kind of sloppy and back and forth. So let's talk about the species of steelhead. First of all, we have come to know steelhead as the same species as rainbow trout. And rainbow trout are very universal, certainly across uh, the United States and beyond. But steelhead are essentially a rainbow trout that has the genetic predisposition to go out to the ocean. And... uh, There are two primary runs, quote-unquote, referred to as winter and summer steelhead, especially here on the West Coast in the vicinity of the Columbia River, Washington, Oregon, and Northern California. As you change locations into the Great Lakes, Canada, and Alaska, that does change a bit. But there are essentially two runs of steelhead, and this also applies to Chinook salmon as well, spring Chinook and fall Chinook. But you can't really just dial it into summer steelhead are caught in the summer and winter steelhead are caught in the winter because there's overlaps. There's so many different run timings and specific ways that the species use rivers and tributaries and tidewaters and such. So a basic rundown is ocean maturing and river maturing fish. So the idea there is that, for instance, a winter steelhead will become sexually mature in the ocean right before it enters tidewater and eventually goes into the river and heads toward the spawning grounds. Whereas a river maturing steelhead, such as a summer steelhead, will enter the river, come across tidewater, and enter the river without fully developed sexual organs, uh, such as eggs or milt. So the idea here is that winter steelhead will essentially come into the river with a shorter time before they spawn. So they may come in, in some cases, only have a couple days until they spawn. They come in through tidewater, quickly find a creek or a main stem spawning section, spawn, 
and head back out. Whereas a summer steelhead will come into a river and they may have six months, eight months, nine months, 12 months, 14 months perhaps before they even spawn. But it's more than just winter and summer. There are so many dynamics to these runs that really keeps it interesting. And you can catch summer steelhead in the winter. You can even catch winter steelhead in the summer. And I've certainly had the experience of both uh, numerous times. So let's kind of break down these spawning runs. And let's start with winter steelhead. Now I am speaking specifically of kind of the Columbia River tributary area as well as perhaps the Oregon coast and kind of the Olympic Peninsula. Now winter steelhead typically will start showing a few, just a few fish in October, late October. And this is pretty rare. They're going to come into a few specific tributaries and often these are hatchery fish and I'll kind of get into the whole idea of early run steelhead and hatchery and wild and so on and so forth later. But October, there is often a fish or two caught that are winter steelhead. And there is ways that you can discern this between a winter and a summer. But primarily, this is going to start out in late November. It's always kind of been the idea that for the most early returning steelhead, Thanksgiving Day is kind of the time when they start entering the rivers. Now, this is primarily hatchery fish due to the fact that early return steelhead, as far as wild ones, have been greatly degraded. But there are certainly instances of early return wilds in certain tributaries and rivers. Now, although November is kind of the main entry period, after removing the Chambers Creek stock from many of the rivers in the Columbia River and other rivers uh, throughout the Washington coast, most steelhead are not returning in November and even December is really not very many great numbers of winter steelhead. Back in the day when rivers like the Cowlitz and uh, East Fork Lewis, before they removed all hatchery plants, there was actually a good fishery starting in November that became really good in December and kind of peaked around Christmas time. But they started removing those Chambers Creek fish. Uh, WDFW and wild fish groups kind of collaborated to take them out with the idea of recovering early stock wilds, which hasn't really materialized yet. I'd love to see a strong early run. But here's the idea here with the early run wild steelhead. So I've spoken to a biologist who did helicopter surveys on uh, numerous rivers throughout the the 70s and 80s and 90s. And uh, what he relayed to me is that the fish that would return in November and December and January, the early run steelhead as we would define them, they would primarily be traveling to creeks or way upper sections of rivers. They moved into tidewater quickly, moved throughout the river quickly, and headed up 
to creeks and upper sections of rivers to spawn because of the higher water during those winter months. So in December and January, of course, you typically have some higher flows, and those fish really flourished in the creeks. Now, the later component of the run, which would start showing up in February, really pile in in March and early April, and kind of last throughout April, May, and June before spawning, those fish were primarily mainstem spawners. Of course, there's exceptions for both, but that was kind of the idea. You had the early run of the winter steelhead and the later run of the winter steelhead. Both were the ocean maturing kind where they would come in with not a whole lot of time to spawn. So those early fish, due to the fact that we have built roads and houses all over our creeks and had agriculture, we've really destroyed a lot of the creeks. There's not a lot of spawning gravel left. There's a bunch of blockage. There's culverts and such. So those early returning steelhead that would normally return to these creeks that were even in the lower sections of rivers or farther up, they have really experienced a major downfall in numbers. But where you find intact creeks and really good uh, spawning areas and upper rivers and such, you will see, see some uh, healthy runs at times of those early run steelhead. Now, we've really dewatered our, our rivers, you know, through, through wells, which I'm, I'm not going to say that that's a bad thing, you know. Um, you know, we've got to survive and everything. We've built over the creeks. We've uh, dug trenches for irrigation and all sorts of things. So the later runs in February, March, April, May, and even into June, those fish with the lower flows at that time would typically be spawning in the main stems of the river. And so we do see in Washington and Oregon a greater abundance of late steelhead. However, uh, according to the biologist I talked to, he said that originally there was actually a greater number of early run steelhead uh, when, when the creeks were intact. And uh, there was a good run of late steelhead as well, but we've kind of lost that early component. There are rivers that I know of that actually have a nice little decent showing of wild fish starting in November, doing pretty good in December, getting really good in January, and then uh, really doing well in February and March. But if you really want to target wild winter steelhead in Washington and Oregon, Typically, you want to start in January, and February and March and early April are the best months for it. And I'd say March, if you had to pick any month out of the year to come out and fish uh, Washington and Oregon steelhead, just fish March if you're looking for uh, numbers and a good uh, and a good size fish. But that wasn't always the case. Uh, early run steelhead have been decimated primarily due to the degradation of creeks. And uh, some people say it is due to hatchery plants. Uh, that is certainly up for debate. I'm of uh, the opinion that if you have good hatchery practice, um, that, is, that is not something that is a major factor in this. It is more so due to habitat degradation that really plays into this whole concept of early winter steelhead. 
So these winter steelhead could really be defined as late fall if they were the type to show up in November. Um, or spring steelhead, and, and some people do call them that. You know, fish that show up in March and late April. And some some steelhead runs really don't even get going until March and April. And sometimes April is the best month for them. And that is typically on rivers that have a good amount of flow. Rivers that have glacier runoff and rivers that are just long and have lots of springs, lots of tributaries, they're going to host steelhead later into the spring as far as the winter run goes. Now, the more smaller tributaries, especially um, creeks and such, that's going to be more in that January range where they're relying primarily on rainwater. So now let's get into the idea of summer steelhead. So summer steelhead, we've seen them caught in February, and you would know by catching an absolute rocket chrome steelhead in February that had almost no developed eggs or sperm sacs. Whereas a February winter steelhead should really be starting to get pretty developed as far as its sexual organs go in February. Summer steelhead do get caught in February and some in March. But really, there's not many of them showing up, at least in the Columbia River. And Columbia River is actually pretty early for summer steelhead and very late for summer steelhead as well. I have had the opportunity on a certain uh, on a certain river to fish uh, starting at April fifteenth and actually do pretty well for some early summer steelhead. And that river in particular, at one point, had several distinct runs of summer steelhead as well as distinct runs of winter steelhead. So the earliest summer steelhead that will start showing up mostly in April and May and June. Um, and some of them showing up February and March, those ones are meant to ride those higher flows of the spring in order to get as high up in the river as they can, cross some falls, and then over summer in deep holes and deep canyons, these fish can scoot up the river so fast, enter tide water, and just be on the move. And they will use... Those declining flows, they can feel it coming. They come early. They're incredibly hard fighters. They're very aggressive. They bite really well. They tend to do jumping jacks and, uh, and cartwheels out of the water. They're an incredible fish to catch. And that kind of early run of summer steelhead is definitely meant to go high. And, and let's go back to winter steelhead. It's kind of the same concept. The early runs... They move fast, they go up to creeks, they go up to upper sections of rivers. But these summer steelhead go even farther. If there's a waterfall on a river, summer steelhead are going to do their darndest to cross it. And one of the things that sets apart summer steelhead is that often they will go farther than winter steelhead. Especially when it comes to like the Columbia River and going all the way up to Idaho these winter steelhead are more of a coastal dweller. Now, they may cross a dam 
and they may jump some falls, but their their prerogative is to get to spawning within a couple weeks to a month tops. Whereas Summer Steelhead, they've got plenty of time. They've got plenty of fat, plenty of oil reserves. They're on their way, which also makes them the best tasting steelhead. Uh, that's for sure. Summer Steelhead come in. They have incredible flavor and oils, and they're just a joy to eat. Uh Kind of like the whole idea of, you know, fall Chinook or kind of winter steelhead and spring Chinook or kind of summer steelhead. It's kind of that same concept, really. So summer steelhead at all this time to spawn. So a fish that enters in March, it may not spawn for 11 months. It may not spawn until February of the next year. So it's going to bomb into the river. It's going to come through tidewater flying and it's going to move up the river as fast as it can. Yes, you may intercept it on the way. And in the case of hatchery fish, if they have not come from a specific creek and they were just planted down lower in the river and they don't really know the river uh, as a fry, they may kind of take their time and kind of move up river a little slower. They may duck into some creeks that a summer steelhead can't spawn in. There is certainly a factor there that hatchery fish that were raised for two years and didn't grow up in a specific creek, they may not know the river as well as a wild summer steelhead. Now, these wild summer steelhead that come in, they were born in a specific creek at a specific time that they've imprinted to, and they will fly up to those upper sections of rivers. And again, I'm talking the... Columbia River, in particular, I'm talking the lower tributaries right now. Those early fish, they're mostly going to somewhat coastal tributaries, and they're heading up quick. Now, by the time you get into June and July, this is where kind of the bulk of the run comes in, in terms of hatchery fish and upriver wild fish as well. And these fish are utilizing the big old Columbia River. They're moving into some of these tributaries that have glacial runoff, that have more water, they have colder water, and they're really starting to pile up and school up. And then they're heading up that Columbia River, they're crossing dams. This is kind of the peak of the migration from the ocean into the main stem Columbia River. And this will also be reflected in other coastal rivers where it comes to summer steelhead. Now, they have a long ways to go and they've got a lot of time to do it. So they're not forced to a specific week or a specific day to come in. They can come in, kind of take their time. They can feel out the temperatures. They can move with the tide. They can either rip up river or one little secret that a lot of people don't know that I do know based on experience is that even a dead tide can hold a lot of steelhead. Sometimes they're running up without an outgoing or incoming tide. Sometimes they are running in the dead slack tide, just slowly swimming up and they are riding that. And then they're going to hole up in certain places that they have security and at night, they're going to move up a lot more and kind of get set. But they're always looking for that oversummering area, deep, cold, clear, oxygenated holes that they feel secure in, that they can hold in until the Chinook salmon of fall 
start poking their heads in and pushing them around. After June and July, you move into this kind of August and September and October area where you get these late-run steelhead who are often heading up way up the Columbia into Idaho and into some of the lower tributaries and into some of the coastal tributaries. Now, these fish may have hung out in the ocean for a long time, and they may be also circling in tidewater and just kind of hanging out in cold water. And once the Chinook start pushing in, you'd be surprised. You may not see them, you may not catch them, but often summer steelhead are getting pushed forward by the earliest runs of fall Chinook. And at that time, they will creep up tributaries and run as high as they can as well. And sometimes you can catch them as well. Now, in the Columbia River especially, they're heading up to the highest reaches of the Columbia. So they're heading over the dams and they are heading up into areas of the big river, way past tidewater, way past multiple dams, where they can kind of wait out the summer in that bigger Columbia flow before they enter the tributaries in winter. So now on the lower Columbia tributaries, you may see these things moving up in August and September, and then they really start getting bitey in September and October and November, especially when the first rains of fall come. You will have a bunch of late steelhead. You will have some that came up in April and May and June, and they'll be up there in the upper reaches of the river. You will also have these late run steelhead that have a lot more fat on them. They haven't been uh, oversummering in the river. They've just come up in the fall with the Chinook. They've shot up to the upper river and they may look like a early winter steelhead, except they've got a tint of green or something to them or, you know, a red blush on the cheek and such. And that's something that as you catch more steelhead and you kind of learn to discern these two runs, you'll get a better idea of what is a summer steelhead, what is a winter steelhead. And that's something we can get into another podcast. But uh, these these late-run steelhead, especially in the Columbia, the ones going up to Idaho and some of those upper tributaries, they're going to be in the Columbia. And then when those rains of fall come, they're going to start to migrate into tributaries. And as it gets colder and colder and things move in and the cold comes they're going to start to stay put in those areas. In October and November, you'll find summer steelhead in the very upper reaches of lower Columbia tributaries. But as November, December, and January come, you will start to see in the lower Columbia those summer steelhead migrating back down in the river to lower reaches to start to find places to spawn. And they'll be utilizing that rain and that increased flow to move around again. They will get very aggressive. At the same time, in the upper Columbia, in the Idaho regions, they'll be moving up into those tributaries during those times. And then when it comes time for December and January and February and even March, when there's winter steelhead down in those coastal areas... You have big runs of summer steelhead that are finally locking in to those spawning tributaries and they're biting a lot. They're spawning, 
They're getting ready to kelt up and head back down river. And you can have phenomenal summer steelhead fishing under those conditions. In the lower Columbia, you may think you're going on a winter steelhead fishing trip in December, January, or even February. And you might catch a fish that's really skinny And it may not have even spawned yet. A lot of times people will call a summer steelhead that is really skinny, they'll call it a kelt even though it hasn't even dropped its eggs or its milt. But the fact is they've just lost so much body weight that they look like a kelt. But there is a point that they do spawn and they leave. And yes, summer and winter steelhead do spawn together. There is not a lot of research on it. I can't answer any questions when it comes to that, but it does happen in some cases. But genetically, they're built to occupy different sections of the rivers, and even though there's some overlap in timing, they generally spawn with their own kind. So just because you caught a steelhead in December or January or February or even March, it's really hard to tell them apart at that point. But even then... Are you sure it's a winter? Are you sure it's a summer? You will get more familiar the more you catch. But there does come a certain point where it's very hard to tell. And then at the same time, I've been fishing the Columbia River in June. And catch a beautiful summer steelhead. Bring it in. It's a hatchery fish. So I bonk it and bring it in for harvest. Bleed it. Catch another fish, it's absolutely bright chrome, bring it in, bonk it immediately, put it down on the bank, then take a look, why is this thing so skinny? When I got home and filleted it, it was a winter steelhead, headed back out, and it was chrome bright. And I want to talk about another instance here. There's a specific reservoir with a river beneath it, three dams. And they have broodstock winter steelhead. So they will bring these steelhead from the river up to the third reservoir, which has a river above it. And after they do that, and the reservoir and river opens in June, these winter steelhead have already turned chrome again. They are Celts. They've already spawned. But they are chrome again. Very aggressive. They bite very well. They don't fight as hard as a fresh fish. But they are a winter steelhead. But when you see them, you would think, is this a summer steelhead because of how bright it is? No, it is just rebrighted. And that can happen even in fresh water. It doesn't have to go back out to the ocean to become chrome again. Another thing about that is, yes, steelhead do go back out to the ocean. But a huge percentage of them will not survive to make it back. Now, most steelhead will not die in the river itself. They will head back through tidewater, get into the ocean, and then die. Or they'll get picked off by sea lions on the way back because they're an easy target. So they're really, you know, people will say 10% of steelhead come back to spawn. From what we see in the upper Columbia, it's Almost 0% that come back over all those dams to spawn again. On the coastal areas, it does get better as far as percentage. And in the Seatuck River in Alaska, it's been recorded like 7 or 8%, if I remember right, of a uh, return rate of, of fish that have already spawned once. 
So anyway, it's very interesting. You have these runs. You got Winter Steelhead, the bulk of the run, January through April, but you got outliers in October and November, and you know, fish that are spawning in May and June. You've got summer steelhead. The bulk of the run is May through August or September as far as entering the river, especially in the Columbia River. But you have outliers going all the way back to February and some entering from the ocean into the Columbia River still in December. And so I've caught a summer steelhead in December that was so fat I had some very experienced steelheaders saying that's a winner. But after conferring with some biologists and some other steelheaders, we all agreed that it was indeed a late summer steelhead that just took a while. And you know, hens show up pretty late. Often if you're going to catch a fish late, it's going to be a hen. Um, You know, there's the thing is when it comes to steelhead, There is so many exceptions. It's such a diverse run. And I do want to say, in the Great Lakes, it's a different kind of idea. Even though we brought fish over from Washington State and such, they have snow and ice in the wintertime, which kind of splits up their runs into a fall run and a spring run. And then they do have Scamania fish, which would be similar to our summer steelhead, but those are much less plentiful but steelhead adapt to their environments in Canada as well you know there's fall runs there's spring runs so this is all relative to the area you live in and uh, the rivers you fish so these are just some of the observations I have and some things I wanted to share again thank you guys so much Uh, if you'd like to catch uh, summer steelhead and winter steelhead And definitely uh, Chinook as well, or even Coho. I would definitely recommend the Washington Coon Shrimp. And Dylan, again, uh, I was just about to record this podcast. I jumped on my email, saw the email I got from you. You're out on the Middle Rogue River, and you said you'd love to hear more from Roger Hinchcliffe. I agree with that. I love Roger, too. Dylan says, I could listen to that bloke talk fish all day. <laughs> yep, I agree. I uh, I was just texting him. I sent him a picture. Man, I was just out in my backyard. I got to share this with you guys. It's Salmon Trout Steelheader Podcast, but I got to share this with you guys. Kind of having a tough day. There were some tough things I had to deal with, you know, and, you know, just as it goes. So before dark, I went and grabbed my rod. I threw on a just regular salmon hook, but I had some bass plastics. And I'm uh, renting from a friend of mine who is a part owner of a ski lake. And I've caught some bass back there. Well, I went back and in one hour, I caught 10 bass and lost four bass. All largemouth, mostly on topwater. It was an absolute blast. Just had a great time. So I I sent Roger some pictures and such. You know, there's so many other great species out there. Of course, I'm addicted to steelhead as well as salmon, but especially steelhead. But, you know, whatever you do, just get out there, catch fish. I don't care if it's bluegill. I don't care if it's perch, you know, whatever it may be, tuna. It's all good fun. We just love fishing. But, again, thank you. And uh, this has been Summer and Winter Steelhead. If you disagree... Or, if you agree and you just like the podcast, get in touch. Lucas Holmgren Media, L-U-C-A-S, 
H-O-L-M-G-R-E-N media, M-E-D-I-A at gmail.com. Send me an email. Let's talk. Have a great day, folks.